The ruling planet of Sagittarius is Jupiter, a planet of expansion and abundance. At this time of year, <coughs> we enter a cycle where our work begins to slow down. We gather together to celebrate the harvest that we have nurtured through the spring and summer. And we begin to prepare for the winter solstice, a most sacred time of year, through contemplation on the meaning of Christ's birth. This season is one of tremendous giving and receiving to and from the earth, each other, and the spirit world. <coughs> How might we use this season with all of its abundance and goodwill to prepare men's minds and hearts for the coming one? Alice Bailey gives us some guidance in the externalization of the hierarchy. There, she writes that we, the so-called little man and the unimportant citizen, hold tremendous <coughs> economic power. Our collective power is so great, she continues, that we can permanently rechannel the flow of abundance toward higher spiritual purposes. This rechanneling is a necessary step in preparing the way for the reappearance of the Christ. In many ways, we can see that this work has begun globally, for instance, through the UN's 2030 Sustainability Goals. The notion of sustainability holds that material need and the fulfillment of that need remain in balance. This word entered common usage about 30 years ago in a report produced by several countries for the UN. But since that time, the, world <coughs> the word sustainability has gone mainstream. Sustainability goals in the worlds of industry, finance, and government are not only desirable, but in many cases, strong selling points. On their Change the World list this year, Fortune magazine lists leading companies that rank high on sustainability measures. The list includes some of the world's most influential manufacturers, banks, and consultancies. Some examples are Dutch, Dutch multinational Philips, which is pushing to be carbon neutral by next year, tech giant IBM, which now derives almost 38% of its energy from renewable sources, Lloyd's Banking Group, which cut its energy consumption by 39% in the space of nine years, and other major companies like Walmart, Apple, Intel, and Lloyd's Banking Group. Companies not on this list, too, are making the switch to green energy solutions, but without such fanfare. Earlier this fall, The Guardian reported that while many companies are in fact going green, simply because it makes good business sense, they are not necessarily keen to advertise their new allegiance to environmentally sustainable business solutions. The reason? These companies believe that the public still equates sustainable goods and services with low quality and high prices, according to Green Alliance, a think tank that studies environmental leadership in industry and government. In this statement, we can see the collective power that Alice Bailey talks about. How quickly could we engage how quickly could we enable change in the world at large by not just sometimes, but habitually choosing sustainability over convenience or price in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Many are doing just this. We see that the growing popularity of anti-consumerism, minimalism, and other mindful approaches to the use of goods and services indicates a shift away from materialistic thinking.
Behind these efforts lies the esoteric questions. How can I move through the world harmlessly? What does it mean to live harmlessly? Like the notion of sustainability at the institutional level, grassroots, grassroots efforts toward harmless living are on the rise at an individual level and also receiving mainstream attention. In magazine, podcasts, blogs, and TV shows, millions of consumers are urged to scale down, live simply, and find joy in what is just right, neither too much nor too little. The process for finding this middle way materially requires much internal examination and self-reflection. It is, in fact, a meditative way of engaging with the material world. How would the world at large change if, if each of us undertook such a process of meditative self-reflection toward our material environment? As members of the new group of world servers, <coughs> We accept the responsibility of bringing light into the world with a particular focus on the least fortunate of our human family and the fulfillment of their basic human needs. In other words, sharing the abundance and goodwill of the world freely and without reservation, something that we do as a matter of course every year at this time. Three, three economists who won the Nobel Memorial Prize in economics this year are interested in the people whom the market have left behind. The, life work of these, the life's work of these economists has been to study the poor and use the best economic thinking to address the problem of intractable poverty throughout the world. In an editorial in the Garden, these economists state quite forcefully that if we want to change the world, we need a better kind of economics, one that takes into account the toll of human suffering and seeks to alleviate it. The real-life work of these economists is a case in point. To date, four, 400 million people have benefited from their approach to economic equality. <coughs> in their editorial, they state the basic belief that underpins the economic modeling and which has underpins their economic modeling and which has proved so successful. They say, Economists have a tendency to adopt a notion of well-being that is often too narrow, some version of income or material consumption. Yet we know in our guts that a fulfilling life needs much more than that, the respect of the community, the comforts of family and friends, dignity, lightness, pleasure. In short, the non-material conditions that invoke the energy of the Christ. We are now going to move on to the meditation that those here in New York have found on your chairs. Um, for those participating online, I'll be announcing each section of the meditation as we proceed. Afterwards, we'll have a group discussion and we'll close with the ohms. <coughs> Strengthening the hands of the, of the group of world servers. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me 
lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment, we recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Higher interlude, hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers.
meditation, reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideas which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good throughout the planet.
Lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life is working out through members of the group of world servers. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth from the point of love within the heart of God let love stream forth into human hearts may the coming one return to earth from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Okay, we're going to <coughs> start our group discussion now. Um, to start off, I'll just read the, the questions that we distributed for reflection and discussion. <coughs> what economic indications presaging the reappearance of the Christ have you noticed in your immediate environment and in the world at large? And question number two, what further economic changes can you envision that would prepare the way for the reappearance? I spoke my I spoke my piece a little <laughs> a little earlier in the talk, but whenever I think about the um, conditions that are necessary for the Christ to reappear, I I I always have an in something of an internal struggle because um, in my Christian upbringing, I learned that Christ was the one who descended to make the conditions right, not that the consciousness of the people had to be at a certain place in order for the Christ to appear. So when I think about this, I, I'm thinking in a sort of a fantasy way, wouldn't it be great if there were a Christ energy that just infused the earth and then, you know, we didn't have to do anything. It would just, um, conditions would, would magically just get better. Um, so I, you know, as a as a student in the arcane school, I can see the response, the irresponsibility in that in that position. You know, looking for a parental figure, and then it keeps me from making the day to day decision decisions that I was talking about in in the in the talk, where um, things that I can do to make the world a better place, even though it's just small. I'm like a small little person. I'm not a big economic engine that's going to change the world, but collectively we're a bunch of little tiny engines make a big engine. So so those are my those are my thoughts. Um and I'm curious what other people think about what what the exact conditions might be for the Christ to reappear. Thank you. 
if the tax system starts treating like FDR spoke highly about us, able to convince the people, lead the nation, and we actually prepared and built America, then America is an unimaginable place on the planet Earth. If we were to even uh, implement 50% of it, it could miraculously change everything in the world. We shall be able to provide healthcare system for all, childcare for all, young people who have to government to go to colleges, and 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 it's amazing how something so simple is there that is being repaired, that the life is actually changed, and we have argued beautifully in the book, and at the end of the book, they created a system where anybody can actually go on the computer and actually create his or her own economic system and see how it will work. When I think of the economies of the world, <coughs> I see a, a triangle, but not a good triangle, <laughs> like our triangles. I see a triangle more like a Ponzi scheme, where, um, and this is where the notion of sustainability comes in, where you have um, the powers that be, whether it's the state or individuals or CEOs or whatever it is, and they dictate the terms by which the people underneath um, have to produce. And in its worst example, you have a base, the base of the triangle or of the Ponzi scheme is slave labor. And then above that is just similarly exploited people. And then as you get closer to the top, um, people have more autonom autonomy, but they also take more of the resources. And the reason that it's not sustainable, I mean, the image for sustainability would be a circle, you know, it um, some you know, like the the cycles of the season. And um, the reason that I think of it as a Ponzi scheme is because all Ponzi schemes ultimately fail. They are not sustainable over the long term. 
And right now we've had this, you know, centuries of a, of a Ponzi scheme going on where the exploitation from the top has been so great um, that we're reaching the end of the line. And everybody's recog recognizing this. Everyone all around the world is recognizing this. And so the idea of sustainability that these economists are bringing in is, is to um, under understand that um, you can't exploit the earth. And people, their bodies are a part of that earth. If we don't take care of the earth and people's bodies as a part of it, that's going to cause the downfall of all of humanity. It's not going to cause the downfall of the planet because I think that if you pit humanity against the power of the planet, that the planet's going to win. Ultimately, <laughs> the planet's a little bit stronger. I mean, all you have to do is take a ship into the middle of the ocean to understand how huge the earth is and how powerful it is and how tiny and insignificant we are in terms of our physical power. I mean, we can wreck things up pretty much, but that can only last for so long. Um, so, so I like this word sustainability a lot because I think it has it, it's applicable on so many, many, many levels. Um, but you, you, you know, to Steve's point, it's once people get that thought, once they make that shift in thought. Um, it, it oh, okay. I'm not speaking loudly enough. There was a silent message coming to me, but I didn't know what it meant. Um, once people make that shift in thought, um, then the way becomes a little bit clearer, but also the horror of what's happening also becomes a little bit clearer. So that's why I, I, I made the talk mo uh, more about, um, as much about, about mindfulness uh, in the way that we work with the material world so that we can be in, in alignment um, with a higher purpose and a higher light and, and get out of that Ponzi scheme for ourselves. You know, whatever, because to me, I think that that's also, I mean, absent being physically um, enslaved, you know, and that is still going on in the world. But absent that, we have s choice, and more and more people are becoming empowered in their choices. And that's, that to me is, is very um, hopeful. There's a lot of hope there.
what we want to do. That's not how we want to do things. Right? We can't have providing that everybody can go and live in society and have everything that's going to be to work and then we have some problems with that. There are sufficient people who have time to move everyone into the kind of work. Because if most people can't do it, so it is something that says it really is
that time you you were you know it's very interesting to think about the way that 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 has come 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 upon you because all of your training really is the is the underlying idea that you're alive and you're here to do and this is where it gets very interesting because of this invoking of life and the way it gets very interesting and turning into it but that training is amazing that training is is opening your being to the impact that these energies are having on human culture and on human relationships and this feeling is the biggest thing we can only see and what we see and then we can really work with it it's a pleasure because as we see a transformation happening in human for those people sometimes in astrology or something like that. As we see those changes, quite frankly then, we can esoteric reverse we see light falling into space like this is something that we um I think this should be our last one, perhaps. Do you want to answer that? Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all a pattern. And so, therefore, why does it seem so hard when you work with it to do something that is unconscious? Because we're all conscious beings. Every day it's the honest communion with each other, the daily vocation and the system of prayer that people use for this. We could change the world overnight. But I think it's even more so when you're working with the opportunity of a festival, a church, a choir. You have the potential to receive such an amazing kind of connection with the miracle of energy that you invite into life itself. And, and now you have an amazing opportunity not to give up even when um, there's nothing you can do. Okay. On that note, I thought maybe we could just have a little moment of silence to reconnect. Okay, just a few announcements here. <clears throat> the next full moon meditation meeting is Wednesday, December 11th at 6.30 p.m. here at Lucis Trust at 866 UN Plaza. Uh, that's the Sagittarian, Sagittarius full moon. Um, the exact time of the Sagittarius full moon is the next day, December 12th at 12.12 a.m. So we have the Sagittarius full moon is on 12-12 at 12-12. It's kind of nice. Um, and then later in the, m in the month, we have the seminar that's going to kiss kick off the festival week that uh, Kathy was talking about that uh, begins at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday, December 21st at 3 West Club, uh, 3 West 51st Street here in New York. For those who are online, uh, you can find the information on our website. So we hope to see you all there, and thank you. And for those in the U.S. who are celebrating Thanksgiving, have a happy holiday. Thank you very much.